Welcome to the Cult Spark Podcast. My name is Bob Taylor. I'm the editor of CultSpark.com. I'm joined tonight by Mr. Stuart Smith, who writes a lot of the good stuff you read at our website. And tonight we are going to talk about John Wick, which we've both seen. It's the new action film starring Keanu Reeves. We've talked about it a bit on the internet, and I know that Stu and I both really, really like it, so we're going to spend the next 30 minutes fighting about how much we like it. You said you liked it more than The Raid, which I, I think that kind of def, you know defines you as having loved it. I, I did. I love – like I'm – this – John Wick may have been a five-star A plus 10 out of 10 movie for me. I liked it that much. I mean, it's it's a fantastic movie. I mean, it is just it's it's as efficient an action movie as I think I've seen in years. Certainly, kind of along the lines of actually, actually no, you know, it's probably more efficient than Jack Reacher, which itself was one of the best meat and potatoes action movies I've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, I came out of the theater and it's immediately like, wow, I really loved that movie. So. You know what? What act? What other action movies have I loved in the last few years? And is this better? And that's the ones I came up with. Jack Reacher, I really liked. Um, the Raid, I really liked. But I think I preferred this one. Well, you know, it's it's kind of, and this is part of what I was arguing with you about earlier. Is, you know, I I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on, on classifying action movies. Like I I kind of have a hard time, uh, comparing John Wick to The Raid because The Raid, you know, The Raid is aside from the gunplay at the beginning, is pretty much a straightforward martial arts action, martial arts movie. Right. It's, it's almost you know? sort of a throwback to the Kung Fu movies of the 70s. Right. Stuff. You know, right. it just it just happens to feature a, a healthy dose of gunplay at the, at the beginning. But, you know, for the most part, it, it's kind of along, more along the lines of something like Ong Bak, which I wouldn't really put up against John Wick at all. Um, yeah, but at some point, I mean, if you want to get into the business of classifying stuff by genre and, you know, it's always an icky conversation and you don't have to do, I mean, and ultimately just let movies stand on their own, but we've sure. got, we've got a podcast to do. So, you know, you got, <laughs> we got to fight about something to do. So once you start going down that road, I mean, of classifying stuff by genre, then you, you've got to draw lines. I mean, right. you can't break stuff down too much. And, right. And well, whereas and I, something like like I can look at an Indiana Jones movie and say, OK, let's call that more of an adventure. And I can look I, I know you and I were fighting about drive on the Internet today, <laughs> Nicholas Greffin's drive and how that's classified. And you were you you think drive is more of a crime crime thriller. Is that it, what you it's use? it's more of a crime thriller Kind of. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's part of that's part of the beauty of drive is that it's not really any one thing. And, and that's fine. But at some point, an action movie is an action movie. And I think right. The Raid is an action movie. And I think Jack sure. Reacher is an action well, movie. And, and see, ultimately, it's it's kind of stupid anyway to say, oh, is it better than this? Is it better than this? It's freaking awesome just on its own. It, you know, you don't yeah. really need to compare it to anything. I mean, this thing just just stands by itself as a fantastic fantastic expertly crafted bit of action cinema i mean this is this thing is just running on all cylinders uh, almost from moment one i mean it just it gives you as much setup as is needed and enough reason to root for for keanu's character as you need and then it just it doesn't let up until the very end and that's that's really about all you can ask for when it comes to uh, you know, a 90-minute meat and potatoes action movie. Let's uh, let, in case there is 
someone or some people listening who don't know the plot, let's let's set it up. And I'm going to spoil about the first 15 minutes of the movie here. So if you don't want to be, that's all that's all spoiled in the yeah, trailer. It so I mean, it's not really. John Wick is, as you put it, Stu, very uh, correctly. I think a meat and potatoes action movie. It's very straightforward. Keanu Reeves plays a retired assassin who has entered just sort of a blissful domestic life, which we, we don't actually see that. At the, in the very early goings of the movie, his wife dies. Actually, when the movie starts, she's dead. But we see flashbacks as he gets up in the morning and kind of there's this you know air of sadness around him. And then we see flashbacks to his domestic life with his wife. She contracts an unnamed disease and dies, leaving him sort of aimless. I know the one the one day of his we see he's just he takes his uh, 69 Mustang out to a deserted airstrip and he's driving very angrily. So he's he's left the assassin life behind for a normal life. Then then that life almost immediately fell apart. However, after she dies, he receives a package in the mail. A delivery man drops off a package and it's a puppy. And it comes with a note that says something along the lines of maybe you remember what's the note say exactly, Stu? Do you, can you recall? Uh, I don't remember exactly what it said, but basically it's like I'm dead and gone, but I still will always love you. And here's something uh, else: here, the law. Here's, here's, here's hope. So, right. Here's here's something to kind of help fill the hole in your heart, and it's the most adorable beagle puppy you will ever it see. It is, and I'm not even a dog person, and it's just it's the cutest thing in the world. So he gets this package from his deceased wife to basically say here move forward with your life love this puppy find your happiness somewhere else and long story short some douchebag son of a son of a mobster decides to steal wick's car beat him up and then kill the dog kill the dog i call him uh actually in my review which will be on Cinematalica. By the time this podcast is posted, it should be up. I call them a uh, Russian mafia jackoffs because they really are. I mean, that's the only really apt description. And so, the, I mean, the moral of the story is never kill the dog. Right. So, so these Russian jackoffs kill John Wick's dog, not realizing who he is, and then the entire that that's in the first fifteen minutes, and then the entire rest of the film is his one-man crusade to burn this organization to the ground, specifically to kill uh, Game of Thrones' Alfie Allen, who plays the son of the sort of Russian crime boss, as well as the man who's directly responsible for the said dog murder. So he goes on a mission to kill Alfie Allen, as well as pretty much destroy the entire organization, because, I mean, what else does he have to live for now? And so it's a revenge movie. It's a revenge pick. And, um, it is, and it is it. When was the last time we had a movie that's all about getting vengeance for a dog? Oh, the old Yeller sequel? No, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that can't be it. Or maybe it is it. I don't know. I don't think I, so. I don't know. No, it's but um, it's it's kind of a silly premise. It's like okay, Keanu gets mad because his dog is dead, but um, that's part of the beauty of this movie and how amazingly well executed it is that something as simple as that can make for, you know, an hour and a half of just some serious ass kicking. I think the first 10, 15 minutes do a really good job of showing 
what he had in this new life he created away from his old job, how that was taken away from him just by bad luck. And then he got a little piece of it back, and then that was taken away from him, pushing him completely off the cliff. I, I thought it did a really good job of selling why this man is now ready just to leave everything behind to go on a fucking killing spree across the New York, New Jersey area. Um, when it, and it does that. It's, it's able to accomplish that for two reasons. One, that seriously, that dog is just so damn cute. A, I know. Uh, but secondly, like Keanu, you know, people underestimate this guy. I think as an actor and what he's able to actually communicate. And I think that this movie really, really speaks to you know one of his major strengths, and that's kind of that you know that sullen, brooding. Uh, just darkness that he can project, and he gets just really dark in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's very violent. It's, you know, it's a hard R action movie. Um, Which we don't really get anymore. There's, wow, there's, there's a, if you were going to talk about a darkness, there's a spot near the end. I See, I don't know how much I want to spoil this, but I guess, I, <laughs> I don't know. Where are we standing on spoilers on this podcast? Now, Stu? You know, you know I there, mean, I don't... there's a bit at the end where he gets stabbed. And the impression I got is that he was at least welcoming it, if not full on causing it to happen. Did you get that? Yeah, I mean, as in it was almost a suicidal well, I mean, he's he's certainly went into this endeavor not really caring yeah. whether he came out of it alive. I think that was pretty apparent, given how forceful he was with everything. But yeah, I mean, I'd say that that's pretty fair to. So to, it so it gets it dark. It's about one super sad, depressed dude. But it it's not always dark. Like there's actually you know there's a I couple. I think it's decent, a fun movie. Yeah, it's like, well, it's incredibly fun, and I think a lot of that just comes from. Uh, the style of the action scenes, like there's actually there's a rhythm to these scenes, like there's the way that they're punctuated, the way that they're edited, the way that uh, the way that that Wick moves from you know from henchman to henchman, the way that he aims and shoots. I mean, it, it's all uh, it's it's punchy, it's uh, it's efficient. Like I can't well, the- remember the last time that I saw. Uh, fight scenes that were this efficient like you know you know how like in most action movies if the hero's running around with a pistol or a rifle or whatever he's just pumping around after you know multiple rounds into uh into each bad guy here it's like they're lucky if they get two bullets in them you know he's just like it's just like a succession of headshots he's yeah he's like a gun savant He's just, um, he's a machine. The, I, and, it, and I mentioned this to you online that the gunplay in it is almost like a martial art. It's because yeah. he's shooting as he's spinning and twirling and rolling right. and popping up and just capping a guy in the head and backflipping and capping another guy in the head. And there's, it's a, not, there's a precision to it that you don't really see in action movies. It's not like he's Neo again. It's not unrealistic. It's not, I mean, obviously... I don't think anyone in real life is as good. As, well, I don't know. It, as see, maybe, that's, but, that's the thing. But like, it's not I mean, overly done. You can buy it. You can watch the movie. You're like, okay, I. It, it doesn't feel like fantasy. Right. Well, that's or the it's thing. not like, pushed I mean, far enough to feel it's, like fantasy. It, it's it's very stylish. It's incredibly stylish. But you could like I could actually see someone being 
this good. Like that's how that's how real they at least make it feel. I don't know if somebody could be this good. I you know I have no idea if they'd be able to to move and aim and all that as well as 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 Wick does. But you know they make it seem uh, like it's like it's real. Like you know when I'm watching a John Woo movie, that doesn't look real. It doesn't right. feel real. Right. Uh, but this is this this in some ways feels as stylish as you know some John Woo movies. With the added benefit of me thinking, okay, yeah, I could actually see somebody pulling that off. I like that. Um, if you did notice, and they show it a few times, they show him reloading, and it's only, right. it's not one of those unlimited bullets movies where you just turn right. your brain off and don't worry about that. There's, or where it, he's it, only it, reloading whenever right. it's dramatically it, it, uh, right. There's at least twice in the movie where he's like mid move and realizes he's out. Uh, he's he realizes he's out of bullets. And it's right. just it's just like a minor hiccup. You see, like the quick annoyed scowl on his face, and then there's the quick reload, and then there's right back into it. Right. And that happens. Like I said, I think I noticed twice. So I appreciated that they didn't make him, the, didn't give him the unlimited ammo clip. Give him the magic guns. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's just this beauty to the to to the gunplay and the action scenes. There's a bit. Again, I guess we're just spoiling the shit out of this, so <laughs> I'm gonna warn everybody. We're really getting into this. So. You know, it's like there's not a whole lot to spoil, though. There's I mean, a bit at the end where he hits the guy with his car, and the guy goes flying over the front of his car, and he shoots through the roof, catching the guy as he's mid-air, and then over the back of the car. Right. So it's a lot of very stylish stuff. Like uh, I don't want to say stylish, but uh, just well done, well choreographed, thought out, cool fight scene. Well, it's it's a lot of like the general idea behind the movie isn't really I mean, it's nothing new. It's a revenge movie. Um, you know, there aren't really any set pieces necessarily. I mean, there's a club shootout. There's a, you know, shootout in a warehouse. I mean, you know, right. th- these are all really standard things, but it's the way that they handle those things. You know, like the the bit where the guy's rolling over the roof after being hit with the car and Keanu's shooting him through the roof. I mean, that, you know. There have been how many shootouts at abandoned docks in action movies, but and, and you, you know, know what's and you know what's great, but they have moves like that. And I mean, that's not really something that I've ever seen in action. Movies. And what's great so is they, you can see them. No shaky cam or very little shaky right. cam. I'm not a fan of shaky cam. So whenever I see an action movie that has that's that kinetic, but it's not a result of the camera, I get very excited. Well, and, and that you know that's what makes it. You know, kind of going back to what you were saying about it feeling like, you know, the action feeling like a martial arts movie is that, you know, this you're seeing Keanu's love for martial arts films come through this because that's, you know, that's how those movies are shot. Those the best ones are shot at wide angles. They're shot clean. They're edited clean. I agree. You know, that that kind of a thing. So and, you know, uh, apparently the directors were guys that he's worked with before. Like, I think I think that they're actually. They're either his stunt coordinators or he's like, or they've been like his stunt men. I can't remember what yeah, it was. I I didn't look up how often they had worked with Keanu, but the directors and I'm probably going to maul their names, but their names are David Leach and Chad Stahelski, and they are longtime stunt men and stunt coordinators. But this is their directorial debut, and after watching it, I just want to be like. Maybe more stuntmen and stunt directors should yeah. be making action movies. And I know it's not unique. It has happened. I mean, way back to like, um, didn't like Hal Needham, the guy that did uh, Smoking the Bandit and Cannonball right. Run. I believe he got his start doing stunts. So it's, yeah. ha- so it's happened, but I'm not sure how much it happens. But I mean, who better to know how to stage and execute these fight scenes than the guys who have 
done them and staged them their right. entire careers. I mean, you get a well, good some, if you get a, you if you have some semblance, you know, if you get a good cinematographer, cinematographer, and you have some semblance of you know how to direct stage a scene from behind the camera, uh, it seems like the best possible scenario. Well, but you know, sometimes you get a movie like John Wick from stunt guys, and sometimes you get the new Left Behind movie, which was directed by Vic Armstrong. Is that the Indiana Jones guy? Yes, it is. He directed the Nicolas Cage? <laughs> yes, he did. What? <laughs> I know, right? That's crazy. It is crazy. It's absolutely insane. Vic but Armstrong yeah, well, is a legendary stuntman who, his, I think his most notable work is the Indiana Jones movies, in case anyone Yeah, he was, he was Harrison Ford's right. stunt guy and... But yeah, well, and see, and you can you can definitely tell that that these guys have worked with Keanu before because they just they know how to frame him. He knows Keanu knows probably better than than the majority of Hollywood how to pose for a frame, like how to look awesome. He's yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about Keanu for a minute because the 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 knock on Keanu is that he's too wooden. He's too wooden. He's too stiff. That's pretty much the knocks on his acting ability. And I don't think this film is going to change anybody's mind in that regard. I just think that stuff works for the character in this film. Right. Now, the physicality and stuff he has down, he's fantastic at it. I assume that's him. I, you know, I don't know how many stunts were done in this movie, but I'm assuming most of that's him. And I mean, every, everything, it at least looks yeah. convincingly like and him. So yeah. he's got that part down. And then as far as the acting, it's there were there are a couple bits of dialogue, a couple lines where you get that sort of you can kind of feel that bored wooden Keanu seeping through. But considering this is a character who, after losing his wife and his dog, is now a soulless husk of a human being. Right. It it's just they put him in a situation where it works. And Keanu's one of those actors. There's some guys out there that you can legitimately call good actors despite the fact that they don't have a lot of range. And another, the one I always bring up is Mark Wahlberg, who is excellent in the right type of role. And, and, right. I'm, not, and I'm not saying that it's – I'm not saying Mark Wahlberg plays the same role in every good movie he's in, every movie he's good in. There are There is some variation. There is a little bit of range in there. But there are just some parts Mark Wahlberg can do really well, sort of the innocent – slightly lunk-headed, slightly enthousi- overly enthusiastic character that, that Wahlberg does really well. And if you take him too far away from that, he's god-awful. Well, it's just he has to have material that plays to his very specific uh, set of skills and strengths. Right. You know, and, and I it, think Keanu's kind of the same way. Well, he's. I think Keanu's got more range. I I would agree a, with a that. little bit, but um, I, but but Keanu Reeves isn't the range master. There's no, no, it, you no. Know, it's not so wide, but it's a little bit wider than Wahlberg's. I'll give you that. But uh, uh, yeah, but again, it's how they use him in this movie. Whatever right, whatever shortcomings he has as an actor end up well, benefiting the character, and his strengths as an actor are put right on screen for the full 100 minutes. Right. I mean, Keanu's a guy that that always just kind of seems detached from everyone and everything anyway. You know, and so having, I mean, this is pretty much the perfect sort of role to play into that. I mean, this is a guy that's angry, that's gruff, uh, that just absolutely does not care what happens to himself or to anyone else. Uh, you know, so have, having someone that kind of projects that sort of innate detachment 
mm-hmm. uh, is, I mean, you couldn't ask for probably someone better uh, to play this than him. And and in case you're looking for some, you know, serious capital A acting in this movie, the supporting cast is loaded with badasses. Just totally loaded. I went into a screening for this this week. I had no idea of anyone else in this movie besides Keanu Reeves. That's the only person right. I knew that was in it. And then Ian McShane shows up and Willem Dafoe shows up. And uh, who's the dude from The Wire in French? Daniel, the guy who plays Daniels from The Wire. Yeah, who, what's Daniels from The Wire? What's his name? Uh, I, I should be able. I should remember this from all the Destiny I've been playing. I had the uh, Lance Reddick. That's it. Lance Reddick shows up, and uh, and it's it's just loaded with uh, Adrian Palicki's in it. So it's just loaded with these fantastic actors, most of them from who are more known from TV, actually. Yeah, I had I had no idea that Willem Dafoe uh, was going to be in this, and that's actually his his character is probably my only real substantial complaint with the movie. Is really, that, let's hear about that. Well, it, it's not it's not that I dislike I love his character. That's part of the problem is that like he literally just pops up when it's convenient. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, he's his he's he is literally, you know, a a plot device, and I, that's that's really about it. I, I think it works for me because he's woven into the script properly. He's there. He's in a scene early. He plays a big role late. So his part, even though what you say is true, and when 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 Keanu's character really needs him, he pops up. It feels like that character is appropriately woven into the entire right. narrative I mean, of the it's, movie. It's not like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily hurt the movie and, per se. Right. And you know, and of course Defoe just does exactly what's needed. It also uh, maybe helps the believability factor a little bit because if Keanu went through and slaughtered this entire criminal organization with no help whatsoever, right. maybe that stretches uh, you know, the realism a little bit. Right. I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I think it's a fair yeah. point. But well, it's, just, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, this steak that I had, it wasn't – it was awesome. It just wasn't awesome enough. You're right. Um, the, you other, the, other, the other reason I'm okay with Defoe's character is he plays a, a fellow assassin in it, and it's part of this whole assassin's community world building that the movie goes about doing. So he kind of fits in that way as well. There's, right. this, there's this sort of fantastic side narrative going on in this movie about this in, this entire secret world. It's like this subculture. Right. This, it's this, this subculture, the secret world that exists only for assassins or trained killers or paid killers. And they have their own hotel where the rules of the hotel are no business inside the hotel. So, you know, you're supposedly safe in there, even if there's a contract out on you. They have their own currency. There's these cool like gold coins that look like Krugerands or some shit. I don't know what they are. They're they're assassin quarters that they spend. They have their own personalized cleanup crew they can call. And it's kind of on the fringes of the movie. I mean it never plays a super important part but it, it's this really cool bil- bit of universe building and i thought well, like i thought defoe's never... character fit into that quite well right i mean they they wove all of that stuff uh really well into the narrative like it they, it's used as much as it's as it's as it needs to be um it you know it's never intrusive and there's never too much focus uh 
put on it, you know. So I mean, it, it's it's handled exceptionally well. Yeah, it is, and it's and I thought it was creative and and basically just neat. I mean, yeah. they he uh, where did he put the coin in the slot? Somewhere there was at one point in the movie, there's actually a slot you put the coin in for something. Uh, oh, it was that... like the, it was to get into the back room, the club. There's like a right. club that an assassin's club you get into with a coin in the slot, I think. And it's just. Yeah, it was neat. I thought I thought that helped kicked it up a notch over your standard revenge film. And yeah. I also thought the film was, you know, it was it wasn't sort of dull and drab to look at like maybe an Expendables film is. It's not, you know, it's not super stylish like Drive. It doesn't have this totally blow your mind unique look and and you know, sort of sound and audio. The score is just kind of the standard thumping loud techno stuff that you'd kind of expect but i think it's stylish enough i think the movie does have a good enough look to rise above sort of a generic action movie well that's the thing like i mean you can tell that this is a fairly inexpensive movie yes uh you know but they they make it look good where it counts i mean it, it's all you know it's all fairly generic locations yeah but, but, they, but they're kind of neon lit and it, right I, I, they, they, they are they it's like, it is like it the look, warehouse and the but they look I, th- I think it looks good enough I, they, they make it all look as good as you know you probably could it look, looks it looks like a movie it doesn't look like something i would flip on at HBO right. late at night that you know it, it looks like an honest to god movie yeah granted a low budget one granted a, a you know a movie with action on its mind more than lush cinematics but but i but i think it's fair to call it stylish enough i guess yeah i mean it it, it hits it where it counts you mentioned earlier that it's short which i i like uh too many action movies overstay their welcomes and have like four climaxes i actually can't remember the last time i watched an action movie that was just a straight yeah I you mean, know hour it, and a half yeah this thing is like I think it's a hundred minutes, but that's probably with credits. So, yeah, hundred hundred yeah. minutes with credits. Right. So it's a hundred yeah. minutes with credits. There aren't really any fake, uh, you know, fake climaxes or anything. There's, you know, there's a goal that there's a specific goal that Wick's trying to achieve, and he gets to that goal, and then there's another small act past that. But it definitely does not overstay its welcome. Yeah. Which is good. I, I I mean, one thing I really want, and it's one of the reasons I like The Raid, too. I want my action mo- action movies to be brisk. I want them to be propulsive. I don't want them to overstay their welcome. And I want them to be simple. Too many action movies, you know, are piling on the plot and trying to trying to be too much like, uh, you know, comic book movies, The Dark Knight or whatever, and just piling on the, the uh you know the character twist and the plot twist i if you're making a straight ahead action movie i think 90 percent of the time simple is better oh absolutely and that you know i mean it it gives you every like i said kind of at the beginning i mean this gives you only as much as you need uh to throw yourself in there with the character and just kind of go along for this very very violent ride i would i would kill to see and i <laughs> Not to start a fight about Skyfall that we've had like six times already, <laughs> but I would kill because I think the James Bond movies now, especially Skyfall, get too caught up on that kind of comic book plotting. And I would kill to see a streamlined, badass, 100-minute James Bond movie with Craig. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want that, Stu? I, you know, I, I can't lie. I probably would enjoy that. And I'm not saying every James Bond movie would have to be that, but they just have gotten – basically since Goldeneye 
which was fairly straightforward. But ever since I mean, then, every James oh, Bond movie seems more and more convoluted. I mean, all of those movies, like even, you know, even starting with Dr. No, I mean, all of those movies yeah. are just kind of like, eh, we'll just kind of take our time. You know, he's, he's going to do what he's going to do. You know, not that I'm saying we should suddenly turn James Bond into Taken or something, but just, I, you know, I it's just making the point that I get tired of the two hour. Oh, sure. Action movie. Speaking of Taken, another movie that John Wick is far superior to. So if although to be fair, John Wick would probably not exist if not for Taken. No, success. no, I mean, this, this is very much. Yeah, I mean, you know, in that same vein. Now, let me ask you this, Stu, because I know you're a fan. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was telling him how much I really enjoyed this movie. It was my favorite action movie in forever. And he said, is it better than the Bourne movies? Which I wasn't thinking about, mostly because, and I have something big to admit here, I have never seen the second two Bourne films. I've never seen the Greengrass one. Uh, you know what? The first one's still the best. Um, so, But that's not the common – most people tell me the sequels are better. Which I which I don't agree with. I mean, I, I, I've seen the Born I, Identity and thought it was fine. I, I didn't love it. I thought it was fine to good. And then I, for some reason, I've never seen the Greengrass sequels. Uh, well, um, stay away from because you hate shaky cam. Right, these, right. I, these are exactly super right. mega shaky cam. I'm not a fan of shaky cam. Um, but I, but, I, but the, yeah, my buddy who's a huge fan was like, uh, well, you know, is it better than Born? So we'll would see, you answer that? How would you compare it? Can it be see, compared Born, to Born? Are Born, you going to argue that Born is an action movie? Still? No, no, no. no. I'm, oh, not, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue that because <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I don't know. We were kind of making the distinction between spy movies yes. and action movies. And Bourne is closer to a Bond movie than it is this. Right. We were – the reason that came up is because I said the last uh, the last action movie I remember loving as much as I love John Wick was Mission Impossible 4. And we, right. But, we, but I said that's more of a sort of spy adventure, and we were debating whether that qualifies as an action movie or not, which it could. And you're saying the yeah. Bourne, I mean, yeah, you know, the Bourne franchise would have more – I mean, they're, they're, all, the, they're all action movies really, but still – yeah, I mean, I it, it depends on what you want out of your action movie. Simplicity and no shaky cam. I mean, if you want just non literally almost literally non-stop action, then yes, this is absolutely better. Um John Wick you know, is. Right. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, if you want something that's a bit more character focused and uh, you know, has a more intricate and weaving story, then yeah, then there you go. The the Bourne movie is uh is what you want. I mean, they're just focused on two very very different things. And of course, it's not like we only get one or the other. Right. <laughs> it's not like right. we pick John Wick. All the Bourne supremacy DVDs get burned. Right. Exactly. But um, but again, if we don't debate this stuff, we don't have much of a podcast, do we, Stu? Yeah. Whatever. Shut up. And we got we got to have the podcast. Stop um, talking, Bob. What else? What else do we want to say about this movie before? I, I mean, I think we've kind of said everything. I mean, it's you know, it's just it's awesome. Go see it. Yeah, I, I hope it does well. I mean, I want Keanu to kind of come back a little bit. I want that third Bill and Ted movie. That shit needs funded now. <laughs> um, Especially because he seems to want to do it. I uh, I mentioned to. My wife, she, I came home. She said, "How's the movie?" I said, "It's great. Keanu's great." And we got talking about Keanu Reeves late, uh, a little bit, and I said, "You know, he wants to make a Bill and Ted three, but uh, and they're working on a script, but apparently they don't have the funding right now." And my wife's like, "They should, they should crowdsource that. Why don't they Kickstarter that?" And it was just like a light bulb went over my head, and I'm like, "I would donate 
$200 right this second. Oh, yeah. Had Bill and Ted 3 gone into if anybody ever listened to our uh, all sequels podcast we did <laughs> a year and a half ago Stu and i are both massive massive fans of the second bill and ted film damn straight bill and ted's bogus journey so uh, you know i'm I, I, that the matrix point break no matter how many bad films there are how can you not root for keanu see i even like constantine um, I'm okay with Constantine. I don't. I don't think it's, like it's great, it's not a, but it's not. It's, it's not. A, it's not a great Hellblazer adaptation. But you know, as far as it being a Keanu Reeves supernatural detective kind yeah. of thing, yeah, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyable. It's fine. Um, he's really good in The Gift, the Sam Raimi movie. I still haven't seen. That's still one of the it's, few Raimi movies that I haven't. It's seen. It's really good, and it. It's one of Keanu's better, if not his best, performances because he's actually playing a character and doing it well. Right. It's not whereas you know I can't sit here and tell you that movie's better than Matrix, but in the Matrix, Keanu is basically playing a cipher. I mean, he's playing a right. badass cipher. So the intentionally, gift, yeah, I'd highly recommend the Gift, Sam Raimi film. If anybody yep. hasn't seen it, it's excellent. But in the meantime, if you can't track that down, go see John Wick. By the time we get this podcast up, it should be playing. It's fantastic. Stu, thanks for joining me tonight. Pleasure as always. And we we're gonna do this again sometime soon. Stu and I are gonna be trying to bring be bringing you at least at least mini casts, uh, reviews on movies that are opening on a fairly regular basis, if not sometimes bigger things with some of our other regulars. But we'll be back soon. Thanks everyone for listening, and thanks to Stu, and we'll see you around. Bye.